Welcome to the Way Back Then podcast. The podcast is produced by myself, Tony Michaelidis, a.k.a. Tony the Greek, and Ritman Media. Hope you enjoy it. On today's podcast, we feature the legendary Ramones. This is an interview I did for my radio show back in 1985 in the UK. The Ramones hail from Queens, New York, and formed in 1974. They're often cited as the first punk rock band. Sadly, the original four members of Joey, Dee Dee, Johnny and Tommy have all since passed away. It's Joey and Dee Dee you'll hear now talking about their music and the impact they had on their diehard fans. R.I.P. guys, you sure as hell kicked ass. Um, this is in fact your first visit to Britain for what, some five years or so? Yeah, maybe four or five years, I don't know. It would be unfair to say um, this is the return of the Ramones because you've never in fact been away, have you? No, no. We, we're just better, you know. <laughs> but uh, we have a new drummer now, so I guess it's his first trip, you know, here or anywhere. I was reading something in the press that said, uh, I'm not sure which one of you said it, but Richie being in the band made it fun being in the Ramones again. Does that in fact mean that there was a time when you were getting a bit fed up with being Ramones? Well, with Mark and the group, we had a lot of problems. We were fighting, and now with Richie, we get along better. Because, in fact, your original drummer's now producing you, isn't he? Yeah. He was, um, he, he was away for a while. Now he's back, and um, we're using him again. The actual uh, Ramones Association with producers, I think it'd probably be true to say that hasn't worked out too well in the past, has it, with, uh, well, our own no, Mancunian Graham Goldman? I think it worked out well. I like those albums. You know, I, I like the Graham Goldman album. It was different, um, but, you know, we, like, we can't always do the same thing. You know, we like to ch- do, do different things sometimes. No, Graham was good to work with. You know? A lot of new technique and stuff, you know, but... But I feel uh, I'm happy, though, with our, you know, sort of doing now what we set out initially, in a sense. Except it's better because we're, um, you know, as you go on, you, you gain experience and you learn a lot more. You know, I mean, we, it's sort of, this album sort of has the, almost like the initial intent of what the Ramones are. But, but you know, but the songs are more diversive and uh, I, I think, you know, I think it's, I'm happy. <laughs> and what about the Phil Spector Association? Was it just uh, Johnny, in fact, was the only guy who took to Phil Spector? The rest of you hated him, did he? Nah, actually, it was me. We, we got along well, you know. We sort of established a sort of, um, you know. But um, I, I thought it was, you know, I like the album. I think it was a good album. Was it a time when you think you lost some fans in Britain, though? No. Well, I guess we weren't so popular for a while, but we seem to be popular now. Um, we'd like to do a big tour of Britain. We're coming back in June. We, we tried to get over here and do as many shows as we could, but this is all we could get. But um, now the album's doing well, so they're going to bring us over here again. It's a shame, really, because it, re- it really is a long, hard slog around the country, but I think nowadays when there is interest in your record, it's quite an important thing that you need to do. You can't do it without the record being successful. You can't come over here. Um, as it is, we lose money, and the record company has to like pick up the tab. But um, it's it's worth it because the fans are really good, and you want to you get a lot of fan mail from Britain, and you want to come over here and play. Do you find a lot of your 
die-hard British fans are still with you now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even last night, like, the band came came by, and, you know, it was, it was great to see them, you know. And I mean, that's how it is in the States, too. I mean, it's cool because we're getting a whole new, you know, bunch of kids coming down who are just getting into rock for the first time in their lives, you know, and they're coming to see us, and that's great, you know, because I feel we'll give them the right education as opposed to them getting into... Uh, you know, an REO or something like that, you know, but, you know, we're getting like, but, I mean, like, the Ramones fans have always sort of been the great melting pot in a sense, because we never just got one type of fans, we always got, like, a, a broad spectrum of kids, you know, we get heavy metal fanatics and, you know, college kids and, you know, just people that, that love, you know, real exciting rock music, you know, and, uh, you know, as well as our initial fans are now, like, the new generation of kids, so it's great, you know, it's great. Because I suppose when you were at your peak here, what, 76, 77, it was a pretty exciting time in Britain with the Pistols and the Buscocks, and here you are uh, back in Britain somewhat three or four weeks after you've sent us foreigner to number one of the British charts. It's, it must be a different sort of scene in Britain for Americans looking on. Well, um, in America, the scene is really exciting now. You know, it's like there's a lot of new young bands, and... Um, I don't understand what's going on in Britain, though. They're playing all that techno-pop or something, you know. And we were we thought it was time for us to come back here and uh, play some rock and roll for everybody, you know, so so they know what, so they can see what it's like. You've been quoted as saying the, um, I forget which one of you, is it, is it yourself, Didi, that's the hardcore fan? Oh, I like hardcore music a lot. Hard, we're very popular with the hardcore movement in, in America because um, we're good to dance to. And we, we play um, punk rock, so like according to the strict rules of it, we don't like when we play, we're the genuine thing, you know. And, and um, all the kids, like, it's very funny because usually they don't like bands that, are, that aren't their own age, you know. Most of these kids are very young, but they, for some reason they like us. You know, and uh, doesn't this in itself mean that they're a bit bored with what they gain? No, there's a lot of good bands out there. There's plenty of good bands. There's a very good scene in New York and CBGBs. You can go there in the afternoons. They have shows for the kids, and all the hardcore bands play, and they and they come from all over the country to play CBGBs. And in every city, there's a scene, you know, and um, they make their own independent records. And there's um, there's record stores for the hardcore that only sell hardcore records, and um, it's great. So the, the, I even saw a video for one of the, from Suicidal Tendencies of called. In, have you ever heard of them? They're, they're one of my. They're for West Coast band though, yeah. not New York. A, a lot of the good ones come from California, and then there's some of the established ones like the Dead Kennedys and the Circle Jerks and. Um, Black Flag, and we we play a lot of shows with them. We played with the Dickies a lot too. There's a lot of good groups in America. So would you on a night off, if you ever get any night offs, would you actually go out and see any of these bands? What about you, Joey? Yeah, no, I look forward to going out and seeing a good band, you know, and you know, having some fun, you know, on a night off, you know. Seems quite ironic now in what 1985 that um, the hardcore explosion in America has pro probably helped you when, in fact, back in '74 and CBGBs and Max's Kansas City and things, you were responsible for the start of it all in many ways. Yes, we we did start it. Everybody um, 
borrowed the idea from us. Like nobody used to wear leather jackets before we wore them. That wasn't in style. And now you just walk around, you see everybody wearing a leather jacket. And um, the power cording and the, a lot of the bands count their songs one, two, three. But we don't mind, you know. It's it's all good. It's good. It's flattering, you know. <laughs> Do you, uh, I was I always felt like we were the example, the catalyst and the example, you know, and and still may, you know, it's still are whether it be bands or artists or record companies, you know, because like nobody was getting signed before we had gotten signed. Also, they waited a year to see our progress, you know, and then they started signing everybody in the world, you know, like the major labels, you know. On the subject of getting signed, I mean, your record was available on Infot for quite a while, and again, I read you were having trouble getting a deal in Britain. I found that hard to believe, because when I picked up the album, I mean, it was, it was to me, it was such an instant album. It's, yeah, well, I, I found it kind of strange, too, because I felt we've done so much for history, rock history, and, you know, and all, but it seems to still come down to dollars and cents, and, and you know, and you and you know, you're selling, and this, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, but even so, with the 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 big companies like the EMIs and the CBSs and the Warners, I mean, they've heard of you, so it's a good enough reason for them to sign you. They don't like us, though. But also, you we frighten them. No, well, we don't know they what. Find a, you know, a culture club clone or something like that. You know. You see, we're not trendy. Like we last, we lasted ten years and. Um, we're, we're not going to go away in another year like a fad. A lot of these groups, they're big for like a year, you know, but then they just fade away. And like, we have it made. We've, we've had a career here, and we're going to keep playing. And um, what makes it hard, though, is like, when the, though, it's like for some reason it's even hard to come over here and get jobs. No one wants to book us. But um, maybe they will now. You were always, well, I say always, you were in your heyday popular without actually being fashionable, isn't that true? Yes, we rejected um, fashion. When the, when the punk rock scene really caught on, like we didn't cut our hair short, and um, like a lot of the groups looked great, like the Sex Pistols really dressed good and everything, but we didn't want to dress like that because we started out as an anti-glitter group. We were, it was our reaction to glitter, but, which is strange because we were very big fans of glitter, but then it just got ridiculous where the Allman Brothers started going to Granny Takes a Trip and buying glitter jackets, and, you know, it was like, um, who's that guy who stars in Oh God, that country-western singer? Never mind. <laughs> he he started dressing up in glitter too. Oh, the John Denver. John Denver, <laughs> right? <laughs> John Denver started dressing up in glitter, so we had to do something different. You know, we put on leather jackets and jeans. You've been listening to Way Back Then, a podcast featuring archive interviews and fireside chats with music industry veterans. On today's podcast. Joey and Dee Dee from the Ramones, an interview that dates back to 1986. And here's some more. A lot of our sort of most successful bands from the mid to late 70s, like the Pistols, the Buzzcocks, the Clash, they all seem to have burned themselves out. I mean, the, the, the Stranglers are back, but they're a very different act. The Buzzcocks, sadly, 
no longer. They're probably just out to make money now. You know, they're getting old and they're ready to retire and they're trying to make a buck. But I, I think they're good. You know, I like their new single, but I, it is soft. You know. Well, we made a we made a hard album. Our album is hard. You know, and um. We, you know, like going back to producing, like we, we may have used a lot of producers, but now we've learned how to produce ourselves. And so like every song, like whoever writes the song, the person in the band sort of produces the song too. You know, like There's much more involvement with the band as you all yeah, contribute I bits of writing. I sit right behind the board when they do one of my songs, you know, and I, I sit through the mixing and so does Joey. He... He puts all his ideas into the songs, and we know what we're doing now. We're very, you know, we really know what we're doing. Sounds well, that's nothing wrong with confidence. Um, Joey, can I ask you, you're saying like um, we were talking about producing, and of course Dave Stewart has produced Howling at the Moon. Now, this was in fact because he was a Ramones fan, not because you wanted a, a popular British pop star to produce you, correct? Right. No, he's, he's been a fan of us for years. matter of fact... He, him and Annie had a band, 77 The Taurus, which were very reminiscent of the Ramones, you know. And uh, he just, he had heard the song and he wanted it, he, he liked the song. It was, I guess, his personal favorite, you know. And uh, he wanted to get involved and he, he just did it, you know, because he didn't, he didn't ask for any payment of any sort, you know. He just did it because uh, he wanted to do it, you know. And so, you know, we, we had a meeting to see you know, if we liked his ideas and this and that, and, you know, we thought, it, it, you know, we thought the guy's great, you know, I mean, he had, matter of fact, his initial ideas, you know, like, he he wanted us to sound like the Ramones, he didn't want us to sound like anything else, or the Eurythmics, or Dave Stewart, or whatever, and, um, you know, he wanted it to be very stark, and yet very dynamic, which it is, it, it starts off very stark, but then it explodes when the guitar comes in, and, you know, it's. I think it's great, and it was fun to work with him. And he's he's a good guy, and uh, he's very worldly, you know. He's very talented. You know. Do you think it was the right first single to put off the album to reintroduce people to the Ramones, or maybe get some new fans? I don't know, but um, it was real successful in America. In L on L I R, it got to number one on the station's playlist, and um, it was it won Screamer of the Week over all big groups it's it's hard to win that contest and we won it and uh every city we'd go to we'd turn on the radio and there it would be you know and that was really nice but now they're putting that chase in the night and maybe maybe that's the single you know we we don't really know but we're going to play it now Dave, tom dilemma i always thought could well be a good little single yeah yeah i think so i like that one um you were uh, talking then, Dee Dee, about American radio, and uh, there's so many sort of college radio stations, etc., etc. Now, what about MTV in the States? It's so important. How do they take to guys like you? They don't like us. They don't take well to us. You know, they, they banned our video. But you're white. Well, they, it, that doesn't matter. They're their prejudice against us anyway and they banned our video and I don't You did like make it. a dodgy video in the past though, didn't you? Do you think they're a bit wary of, of, you know, your past? Well, they they are two-faced. They 
they invite you to their parties and they send you tapes and everything and try and be all buddy-buddy, but then they only play your video at 6 o'clock in the morning when everybody's sleeping. You know, they're into, the, they're into safe, you know, the safe, sterile things, you know. They're into Kenny things they can, they can package, like Billy Idol and Madonna and, you know, and then, you know, and all the, the English bands, all these synthesizer bands, you know, they like safe things, you know. You know, they're, maybe they're threatened by us, I don't know, but, uh, I mean, I, f I felt if anybody should get behind us, it, w it would be MTV, because I felt they were sort of doing something, you know, something new, and they, I mean, and um, I sort of, in a, in a sense, it was almost like, you know, sort of like the BBC, in a sense, where it bridges the country together, I mean, even though you guys only, have, you know, limited it with the radio, but that, but that's cool, because... Also, that was good because everybody gets to hear everything, you know, and they can make up their own minds if they want to buy it or not, or they want to get into it or not, you know. But, you know, like America's so stretched out, everything is regional. But MTV bridged the country together, you know, and, and it's the perfect place to expose new talent or ideas or something, but they, they, they didn't do it. They just, you know, played it safe and, you know. But at least you do have the choice in America with the radio, don't you? I always thought you would have been quite popular on, on the college radio circuit. We are, we are, we're very popular. On our, our album's number seven in yeah. Rolling Stone well, it, on it the came, chart. It came in number two in, when it you know, first was released, you know, and that's great. You know, I mean, you know, we were in heavy, on heavy airplay on the college station, and then they have alternative stations, you know. And we, you know, getting really good airplay on the alternative stage, but not too much on the on the mainstream stations. So everything is, uh, you know, everything is sort of uh, they have ten plays, you know, like the major, the foreigners and stuff, and you know, and, and everything's in a rotation on the hour. So you just keep hearing the same thing, wham, and you know, and um, the same crap. So you're here doing your four London nights, and uh, Tuesday sees the whistle test, which I should imagine is quite important to you. Yeah. Um, after that, you're going to Europe, is that right, Didi? Yes, well, Joey and I are going to Paris for a little vacation. Oh, just the two of you? Yeah, and uh, we're sending John home. <laughs> that sounds as though they need a vacation uh, back home. Uh, right. And then what, um, you said you were going to possibly come back in June, I mean... Uh, oh, we are. We're coming back in June. We're going to do some festivals in Britain, and uh, we'll do a lot of dates, you know. I, yeah. talking, uh, well, it's, you know, it's sort of up in the air, but our, our um, promoter here, John Giddings, he was mentioning maybe we're going to do uh, some festivals with U2 or something like that. Well, that shouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, they've got a fairly... Uh, I Massive follow. Have a g the same kind of audience as them. They're well, the thing about you two fans is I don't think they're partisan. They're not going to say like, "Get off the Ramones, we want you too." They're going to give you your fair share, and, and you can win them over. It's a massive audience. Oh, that doesn't happen. I don't think <laughs> that don't. You know, we always go over pretty well. No, but some bands, I think, uh, they we don't want to see somebody that. playing with their heroes, we, do they? We even played for the um, the US Festival, and it was like uh, 750,000 people, all Fleetwood Mac fans, and they loved us. You know, like um, I don't. It was we 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 were, once people see us, they like us. You know. 
Well, listen, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I'm sure you've got plenty of things to do and plenty of other people to talk to. Uh, I don't think the album's going to sound any worse in June, so there's a good chance that it won't be off my turntable before then. And uh, sincerely, I hope you come to Manchester. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. You've just been listening to the Way Back Then podcast, presented by myself, Tony Michaelidis, otherwise known as Tony the Greek, and produced by Ritman Media. On today's podcast, you had heard the late, great Joey and Dee Dee from the Ramones, from an interview I did in 1986. If you enjoyed what you just heard, then please go and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and come back and join us next week. The Way Back Then is made up of archive interviews from 30, 35 years ago even, from my radio days back in Manchester, England. It'll also feature um, some more modern stuff with interviews from music industry veterans who no doubt will have some amazing stories. See you next week and thank you for listening.